0: Pod Save America is brought to you by Books this Mother's Day. Give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books Company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they can last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Wow. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. You go online, pick the delivery date, and you're done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. I am very happy that I'm reading this ad because now I'm remembering when Mother's Day is and I'm going to order a whole bunch of books because they're fantastic flowers. Go to books.com and use promo code CROOKED for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com. Promo code CROOKED. Books, promo code CROOKED. What's up, Madison? Welcome to Pod Save America. I'm John Favreau.
1: I'm Aaron Ryan. I'm John Lovett.
2: I'm Mandela Barnes. Honestly, that sucks.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ben Wickler.
0: We have a fantastic show for you tonight, Wisconsin's next state Supreme Court Justice, Janet Protosewitz, is here. Yeah. And we are so lucky to have a crew of Wisconsin experts to take us through all the latest political news, your 45th Lieutenant Governor, yeah. your Democratic Party Chair, yeah. and Wisconsin native, Aaron Ryan. Host of hysteria. All right, so we are going to uh, dig into the Supreme Court race in a bit. But first, we have some uh, other breaking legal news to cover.
2: Former President Trump saying this morning that he will be arrested on Tuesday. Trump said that on Truth Social. He said, in fact...
1: Quote, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested next week. Protests take our... Uh, protest. Take our nation back.
0: Yeah, that's right. All right, so the New York Times is reporting that um, people close to Trump uh, merely told him that their best guess is Tuesday. Uh, so he may have jumped the gun a little bit on that. Um, but NBC has also reported that the uh, New York law enforcement agencies have been making security preparations for a possible indictment this week. Uh, the Manhattan grand jury is expected to bring felony charges against Trump for making hush money payments uh, to Stormy Daniels and Kerry McDougal. But there, there may be more indictments coming. A federal judge in D.C. just ordered Trump's attorney to testify in the classified documents case after prosecutors successfully argued that the attorney's legal advice was used to further a crime. And any day now, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis uh, could charge Trump for trying to overturn the election in Georgia. So a lot on his plate, a lot on his plate. Um, Aaron, is this it? Just the hope in your applause. (laughs) Is this it? Did we finally get him?
1: Did we get him? Did
0: we get him? What was your reaction to the news this morning?
1: Okay, so a few things. First of all, I would love nothing more than to see Donald Trump on a perp walk. That is what I've been hoping for for like eight years now. Eight Mm, years. Almost eight years ago, he rolled down that stupid escalator. But I think that there's something narratively fulfilling about the first... Uh, his, his first like, arrest being over sexual misconduct. I think some of the first people... Thank you. Thank you. I didn't do any Malady. of it. But, um, <laughs> I did I, it. I,
0: <laughs> Give yourself a round I of a applause. I pointed it out.
1: I think that a lot of the people that were the most alarmed on election night 2016 were women because we all knew he was a piece of shit. Like it wasn't just because, it wasn't because he had bad ideas and it wasn't just because he was racist. There was a long list of sexual misconduct allegations, credible ones, like more than two dozen that had been made before the election even happened. So there's something narratively fulfilling about the I told you so kind of coming out in the wash in a way Yeah. at the same time I cannot think of any other human being that would treat a perp walk like a campaign event <laughs> besides Donald <laughs> Trump and so there's a part of me that's like, does he want this? Does he need this? Is this? Th- there's going to be a lot of cameras, like you know, him getting arrested, people watching for him. He loves attention. There's no such thing as bad attention for him. So on one hand, I'm like, yay, get him. On the other hand, I'm like, I don't want anything good to happen for him from his perspective ever. <laughs> so mixed feelings, John.
0: I mean, the the Times reported that he was terrified watching Alan Weisselberg, uh, his former CFO who uh, was found guilty of a bunch of crimes um, doing the perp walk and he 's like trying to avoid that, but they 're like he could be fingerprinted like any other you know criminal tiny I'm, little fingerprints just
4: kept getting getting ketchup all over the stamp
0: <laughs> love it, what did you think about the news
4: uh, first of all, shame on all of you if we 're going to dismantle the carceral state we can 't be happy when it applies to someone we don 't like <laughs> uh,
0: people didn't know what to do with that i know
4: (laughs) yeah Uh, okay yeah it got what it deserved uh so i look the it is sort of it does feel like this kind of poetic thing that you know this is the first this this is sort of like in a lot of ways the kind of the first crime on his road to the presidency right this is what he did before he was elected um uh, and it is serious. Uh, and people do go to jail for being involved in this crime because Michael Cohen went to jail for being involved in this crime. That being said, every, every examination by legal experts, and we'll leave it to the strict scrutinizers to actually do the legal analysis, are always like, <laughs> it's a novel legal theory. It's a state law based on a federal crime based on a state law. I'm all for it. We got Capone on taxes. But I want to know what's happening in Fulton County. That's, that's, that's like, that's where That's where, like... I'm interested in the insurrection. I want to see... That's where, that's where he did his... Uh, that's where he did his finest work. That's his Thunder Road. Um,
0: You're waiting for the sequel.
4: Yeah, I'm... Uh, look, yeah. This is... Yeah, this is, this is the... Uh, this is the kind of uh, dark and gritty alien. I'm waiting for aliens. You know what I'm saying? Okay. A lot more action. A lot more exciting.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um... Mandela, um, a number of news outlets have responsibly pointed out that Trump's uh, demand that his supporters protest um, echoes his pre-January 6th tweets. We'll be wild, we all know. Um, He's also planning his first campaign rally next Saturday in Waco, Texas. And this is the 30th anniversary of the bloody standoff between federal agents and a cult leader. Just very on the nose. Um, How do you think... Like President Biden and other leaders should respond to what has already become Trump's, you know, darkest and most vengeful campaign yet?
2: Um president should first issue a Kool Aid warning and <laughs> wake up. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, uh, I'll tell you, like, the president should just, you know, President Biden should let the process play out, right? We can't mix politics and legal proceedings. Like, Donald Trump obviously broke the law right like this is a person who needs to be paying for his crimes and if we tie politics into it it gives them all the ammunition that they need if if president biden decides to chime in that makes it so much weaker of a case now i will say that uh this is we i feel like we've been through this before and i don't want this to be groundhog day uh, you know, it, was, it feels like every time we got him on this, we got him on that, we got him on this. And coming around to this moment in Waco, it couldn't be, you know, more apparent what he's trying to do. Like, they were so close to stopping the certification of President Biden's election on January 6th. And I feel like they may have seen the things that went wrong and why they weren't successful. And these people will stop at nothing to stop a person that they see as a sort of savior for them from going to jail. And people are willing to die for Donald Trump. They already proved that. So it's a little bit scary when, you know, you put it all into context. And the last thing we need is more bloodshed, more violence. This country is already uh, as divided as we've been since the Civil War. Uh, but Donald Trump has to pay the price. And, you know, we had Trump vodka back in the day. Uh, maybe they can buy 19 crimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was... The New York Times had a, a great quote from... Um, Ali Alexander, who was the guy who organized the Stop the Steal rally, he put out like a telegram message, and he said, "Previously, I had said if Trump was arrested and under the threat of a perp walk, a hundred thousand patriots should shut down all routes to Mar-a-Lago." But now I'm retired. I'll pray for him, though. It <laughs> <laughs> just like make me, makes you wonder if the energy is there for the, you know. Um, so Ben, some of our country's uh, shrewdest political prognosticators like. Elon Musk, Marjorie Taylor Greene um, have already predicted that if Trump is arrested, he'll be reelected in a landslide victory. Do you think seeing Trump in handcuffs is the thing that will persuade a lot of undecided voters here in Wisconsin to get off the fence and support him? So there's this
3: whole draft Rob Blagojevich movement (laughs) that's out there that just once they saw that guy arrested and sent to jail, it, it put a halo over his head. That could happen. I'm less worried about undecided voters saying, oh my God, that guy is so bad, I, I just love him. I'm more worried about Trump's goal to, to make his supporters feel like they're being persecuted because his whole thing is giving people a sense of a victim complex that they can then fight back against. And I think for the rest of us, our job is to channel all the feelings we might have about seeing Trump sent to prison, getting accountability, channel that into political organizing so that if there is a rise in turnout, for example, this spring, if they try to do that, we need to channel that into more energy and, and taking that energy actually into getting voters registered, getting voters to the ballot box, turning this not into people yelling in the streets, but turning it into a tidal wave of democracy.
4: Yeah, and... And to that point, I mean, look, we, we, it is Groundhog Day. We've been through a version of this. It was the insurrection. And what happened, a lot of people got hurt. Our democracy was tarnished. There was a lot of chaos and violence and mayhem. And it was extremely unpopular. And it didn't work. Uh, you know, Joe Biden has had a lot of opportunities as president to hit a ball off a tee. I believe it's called T-ball. Uh, <laughs> I don't know your culture. LAUGHTER um, it's like it's like golf but much higher up. <laughs> but uh President Biden will be able to say, I don't get involved in investigations and I want to watch everybody to be peaceful. I want everybody to respect the process. There's no need for anybody to do the wrong thing. And there's been a couple moments like that, that Donald Trump and some Republicans like him have created. There was that moment when uh, uh, he was, you know, you have a bunch of Republican nonsense on one side and then you have uh, Joe Biden standing next to Mitch McConnell paving a bridge in Kentucky. Right. And so Joe Biden has had these opportunities to kind of model the kind of leadership that is actually extremely popular because only adult right-wing internet minds think that, uh, normal people who don't pay attention as much as they do find it thrilling to see a president in handcuffs. Nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody think that's cool.
3: There would be nothing more delicious than having Trump get arrested and fingerprinted and sent to jail and everyone treating it like he had just, you know, uh, I don't know, grabbed money out of a bank tiller and it was no bigger deal than that. And the rest of the country is like, okay, bye. And then moves along and then reelects President Biden in a wave in 2024 and it just becomes a footnote in history and we never think about that guy again for the rest of our lives. Well,
1: that's why, that's why I sort of want him to try to escape. (laughs) I... Let's amp up the drama a little bit more. Oh my,
4: that would be amazing. It would be
1: incredible. Here's why Donald Trump should escape. There are dozens, (laughs) dozens of countries in the world that don't have extradition treaties with the U.S. Many of them Donald Trump kind of called shithole countries. But he could, you know, the UAE is one of them. Like, there's a few countries that Donald Trump could go to and just live. Just be there. I kind forever. of wonder if like
0: him and Bolsonaro are just gonna trade places permanently. <laughs> <laughs> like, you stay in Florida, I'm going to Rio. Meanwhile, um,
4: this ends with Trump halfway out of a vent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here's a question, because I can I can hear some Democrats ask this question. Like when Hillary Clinton was under investigation in 2016, Donald Trump and other Republicans talked about it every single day. It was the entire election. So Donald Trump is likely to be indicted for the Stormy Daniels hush money payments, possibly for Georgia, possibly for the classified documents case. How should Democratic candidates handle that on the campaign trail? Should it, I mean, obviously, the right thing to do is say, yeah, we're going to let the legal process play out. I think that's obvious for sure. But you say
2: no one is above the law. Yeah, nobody's Trump above ha- the law. Talk about law and order. Respect for the law. And this is something Republicans try to use all the time. They yeah. respect law enforcement, respect the law. Well, your top dude has shown a complete disregard for the law. He will continue to do so. So let's, so let's, let's call him on it. Let's call him to task. And Republican politicians should be held to account. And the media has to do a job also at holding them to account for law and order if they're going to support Donald Trump. Yeah. 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 I, I also...
4: We, there is a Republican primary going on, and I think you can boil down what DeSantis is saying is, uh, with Trump, you get extremism and chaos. With me, I'll just give you the extremism. And that's a case that he's, in some level, that's the case he's making. And so I think it's very different to be talking about an indicted Donald Trump when he's the nominee and we're weeks away from the election. Right now, I think we have a bigger task, which is to paint Republicans as a party of extremism and chaos and Donald Trump as its leader and great exemplar about the kind of mess that they create, the, the, the chaos all around them uh, and, and what they're willing to do to hold on to power. But we have to paint all of them with this brush because they are all responsible for it. And we can't, because if we, if we start talking a little bit too much about Donald Trump and Donald Trump's crimes, uh, we don't, you know, we will end up with a situation where all of a sudden they've rallied behind someone else because I don't know that even Republicans are as enamored of this idea of of an indicted presidential candidate as some of their, you know, pundits say. So we have to be a little bit cautious.
0: The the Speaker of the House of Representatives today, based on rumors that Donald Trump might be indicted, threatened an investigation of the Manhattan District Attorney— Talk about, like, letting the process play out. So, like, that's where Kevin McCarthy is. Mike Pence, of Hang Mike Pence fame, um, who, like, did this big, brave thing, you know, a couple, at, the, at the gridiron dinner when there were no cameras, um, saying that, you know, what Donald Trump did on January 6th was awful. Um, he said today, like, he took Trump's side in this and was like, this is a horrible investigation. DeSantis has not said anything yet. Oh, he's yet. feeding them info.
2: He's feeding them FBI info.
0: <laughs> he's hoping this whole thing well, goes we- to hell. What would you guys do if you were Ron DeSantis' campaign or Ron DeSantis? Would you just say this is a travesty of justice, or would you use this as an opportunity to sort of needle Donald Trump a little bit? I
3: think Ron DeSantis needs to get in front of the story by performing a citizen's arrest
0: personally.
1: <laughs> 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 or he could have he could have a newly deputized Mickey Mouse make the arrest. Because <laughs> <laughs> they work for Ron. Now. Officer
3: Mouse. Is going to escort you, Mr. President. <laughs> yeah. Right, walks right into Mar-a-Lago.
4: Throw them wherever they wherever they put the Beagle Boys. Beagle Boys? It's a Beagle Boys. It's a Ducktales thing. Shut up. Uh, uh, look, I think DeSantis has gamed a lot of this out in that he has a kind of argument that he's making obliquely about, you know. Uh, I'm, on, I'm precise. I'm on message. With me, you always know that I'm gonna. I, I'm, I don't dither. I don't delay or wait too long or vacillate or go back and forth. That basically, like, I am a, I am. I am Trump without the chaos. Um, and I assume he will be making that argument.
0: But that, you know, when the when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, DeSantis came out and did the whole like, this is an outrage, blah blah. blah. If his argument is, I'm Trump without the baggage. I'm Trump without the chaos this is the baggage, the fact that he's going to be running for president with a bunch of indictments. If DeSantis comes out, and by the time people listen to this podcast, he'll probably have said something, but um, if DeSantis comes out and is just like, this is outrageous, whatever, he sort of gives away his whole fucking argument.
4: I I think that he can, I think that he can get a, there's no reason for him not to take a bunch of shot at Democrats, Democratic prosecutors, while still giving him the space to say, we need to be able to kind of, run a campaign we just need to get past some of these distractions of the past that kind of thing
1: okay but i think just to make something crystal clear like the two worst united states supreme court justices were both appointed by bushes like they weren't appointed by donald trump alito and thomas those Mm. are obviously those are the two worst um they were they were appointed by, like, nice Republicans. They were appointed by good, polite Republicans. One's a fucking painter now. One of them is like, you know, oh, this is a nice war criminal painting landscapes. Like, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, regardless of how nice or unchaotic or polite or orderly a Republican gets elected to an important office... Chaos ensues eventually. Like, we're seeing chaos ensuing now because of judicial appointments made 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing for Democrats to keep hitting when they're, when they're messaging for this election and all upcoming elections.
4: Yeah, And I'll just add, George W. Bush's paintings have a surprising amount of pathos.
1: <laughs> Sorry about the war crimes. <laughs>
2: just uh, No, I'm just oh, I need candy at a funeral. <laughs> but but even, even to your point, though, about DeSantis, though, honestly, uh, his opinion isn't going to change the outcome. So he can take that route. Yeah. You know, he can he can still, he, he can take the same tack, and it will not change what happens with uh, Donald Trump being uh, charged or not. Right.
3: That's, so I, I kind of agree. And DeSantis' whole thing is just culture war all the time. And it's not just that he doesn't have Trump's charm, such as it is. <laughs> It's also that when Trump ran alongside the like toxic stew of racism and misogyny, he also was talking about trade and manufacturing jobs and bullying CEOs who wanted to move their jobs overseas. DeSantis doesn't do any of that. Yeah. He doesn't go to voters actual lives in any sense. And it it feels like if it's just Ron DeSantis kind of flopping around on the national stage, most people are like, why is he doing that?
1: I mean it's like, an oppor- it's like opportunity cost. Like, what isn't he doing? Well, he's doing all this dumb bullshit. He's not helping reduce the cost of housing for Floridians. He's not helping be more climate resilient. He's not doing the things that people actually need him to do. He's like invading Disney World. Like, that's not useful. That's not governing. That's just doing something that's loud and big, and it's not actually helping people. And, if,
4: and he's not even doing the things that we'd want him to do, like guarantee us at least three or four seasons of Andor.
3: <laughs> Use your power, Governor. It, you
2: know, no, there's also a huge blob of seaweed headed towards Florida, but that's another that, conversation yeah, that's another day.
0: On that note, all right, um, we will be back shortly with more news. Ponte of America is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? I know now. There you go. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And that's and that's so fast. So fast. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Let me tell you, I'm not very good at keeping plants alive, but uh, they sent us a, a little tree, and it is... A ficus. It is both alive... And thriving. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Big, beautiful leaves. Big leaves. Big leaves. Uh, I love the looks of it. Looks great. Uh, It came really fast. Perfect. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half on select plants and other deals, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code CROOKED at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code CROOKED at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code CROOKED, offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply.
1: Hey, pet parents. Are you searching for the perfect place for your dog to play? Check out Camp Bow Wow. Our safe and supervised doggy daycare and boarding ensures your pup gets the socialization they crave while giving you peace of mind. With our certified staff and clean and spacious facilities, your dog will have a blast making friends and staying active. Join the Camp Bow Wow Pack today. Your first day is free. Visit us at campbowwow.com. Franchise opportunities available.
5: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How do you cope when there's something weighing on you or something you need to get off your chest? You know the best way to do it? Best way to cope is to talk about it. Not just cram it down. Not do what generations of New Englanders have done, just stuff their feelings down, maybe cover it with a coat of booze. No, you got to talk to someone. You got to work it out, get it off your chest. And just by doing that, you will feel better. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash PSA. Go today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p dot com slash PSA.
4: And we're back. We're on the road with a Pod Save America tour show. We're like the Rolling Stones, but with fewer sequin blazers, and somehow our knees are worse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but like the Stones, <laughs> we're going to give the people what they want. Now it's time for OK Stop. <laughs> Republican Governor Christy Nome on Fox News addressed the greatest threat we face as a country, climate change specifically the changing climate of social media, TikTok. <laughs> uh, let's roll the clip.
6: And what about, that, what, what about that app? What do you want to say to parents who uh, may have their kids have TikTok on their phone? You've banned it on government
1: devices, but how much of a threat is it to ordinary American families? Okay, stop. Okay. <laughs>
3: Governor, should parents be smashing their children's phones with a sledgehammer? If your child has borrowed your phone... Should you smash your own phone in front of your children?
2: As a, as a child of a mother who is wildly addicted to TikTok, it's the, it's the other way around. Like, my mother's eye doctor had to, like, talk to her about this. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's pretty wild, too, because, like, you look at TikTok, an app that's, you know, made famous because all these dances, and, like, the most adamant, the most, people who are the most adamantly opposed to her are people with the least amount of rhythm. <laughs> How much of a threat is it?
1: On a scale of one to drag queen story hour, how worried should we be? It
2: should have been a scale of one to (laughs) (laughs)
1: 1619.
2: That's good. That's good. That's That's good. That's
4: it. it. I'll do my next joke later. Uh, (laughs) Let's keep going. Sit your kids down, have a conversation. Tell them to knock it off. Okay, Stop. (laughs) Like the conversation you had with your husband after he kept texting that woman he slept with after your shared annual marital reprieve.
2: Wow. It, it, knock it off. No, if if you try to tell your kid to knock it off on TikTok, it is inevitably going to become a viral TikTok moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Your kid's taping you. Your kid's Claudia Conwaying you and is on their way to becoming a viral celebrity. Ugh, yeah, tell them to knock it off. That always works. Kids are like, My parents don't like it. That's why I'm gonna stop. That's the gist of every breakfast cereal commercial. (laughs) Parents hate it, so I don't eat it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's the opposite. Uh, Let's keep going.
6: They they slept in their beds last night safe and secure because of sacrifices that were made for this country, and that to respect that, they should not allow our enemies (laughs) to come right into their homes and to (laughs) manipulate their thoughts and their minds and how they feel about the United States of America. Okay, stop. stop.
3: Ask not what your country can do for you. (laughs) Ask what short-form video-sharing apps you can delete for your country. Look, it's just so funny that, like, (laughs) you hear someone
4: say this and you open TikTok and it's a person playing guitar to a funny dog bark.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's good advice because, like, when I talk to Charlie, you know, I do talk to him about our country's enemies (laughs) and uh, how he how he should be thankful for the sacrifice. He's two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He should be thankful for the sacrifices made and he shouldn't allow mind control. Hey, It works. It works.
4: When you ride with
2: TikTok, you ride with Osama. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about manipulation on Fox News, of, of all places. <laughs> That's our job.
6: <laughs> if we lose this country. Where do we go? Where do where do they go? What's a What's a better opportunity for the American Dream than right here? So okay, stop. And
4: uh, what? I, now, in fairness, the American Dream it does work best here. Uh, it's like. It's like, it's like fish tacos. They don't work to go. <laughs> the American dream. You know what I'm saying? You gotta yeah.
3: have... The American dream is dine in. <laughs> has she anticipated that they might actually have TikTok in other countries?
1: Yeah. Because that yeah.
3: seems like another problem with that's her like thesis. That's like
1: the whole problem that she is suggesting TikTok has is it's from another country. Oh,
3: that's a good point. But if, what if the American dream decides that there's so much TikTok in America, it needs to leave? <laughs> And then finds out there's TikTok in other countries.
1: Oh, my God. I'm
3: just worried for her.
1: That's my concern.
3: <laughs> well, I just want to say
4: that uh, it's all fun and games. But first, your boys and girls are watching uh, a hot, soft-spoken Canadian teach them how to scallop potatoes. What? Next thing you know, it's telling them how to kill their parents. <laughs> That's how it starts is your algorithm not hot guys making different kinds of starches? Because <laughs> mine's math videos and hot guys cooking. So I think we got to get this thing out of here.
1: <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a bear dancing to Pony by Genuine today. Yeah, I got that too.
4: Oh, yeah. cool.
2: That's cool.
4: And a hot guy making grilled cheese. <laughs> and that's okay, stop. Woof.
0: All right, uh, let's talk about America's most important election of 2023. <laughs> the April 4th race that could give liberals control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court for the first time in 15 years. <laughs> MAGA favorite Dan Kelly is running against progressive judge Janet Love it. For to say what's uh, he got it. <laughs>
4: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Anyone can say, Judge Janet, but it takes a pro to say yeah! I want to know that I stole that from Ben Wickler, and I've been stealing it all day.
0: <laughs> he, stole, he stole it from Ben, and then he fucked it up at three different canvas events <laughs> before he finally yeah. stuck the landing. Anyone can say,
4: Judge Janet, but a pro to say
3: it takes a pro to it.
0: There we <laughs> see that. It's Ben. It ben did it. Anyway, this is a contest that will determine the fate of abortion access, gerrymandering, and democracy itself for this state, one of the most important swing states in the country. Um, and because the stakes are so high and the state is so evenly divided, it has already become the most expensive judicial race in American history. Mandela, I know there are people listening who've heard that Wisconsin is a badly gerrymandered state, but I'm not sure everyone understands how you basically have one party rule here, despite the fact that we have a Democratic governor. Can you talk about what it was like governing for Democrats when you were lieutenant governor and how that might change if uh, Judge Potosewitz wins?
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, it was very frustrating. Like, uh, in, even in this room, like, think about all the things that are important to everybody here. You know, raising the minimum wage, you know, legal marijuana, right? Like, it, all these, all these things that people have been asking for. And when we first took office, it, it was frustrating on many fronts. It was frustrating because we couldn't get our agenda through like we wanted to. We did have the veto. Thank God for that. Uh, but I will say, though, it was also frustrating when people come up to me, uh, he's not legal here yet. Like, just, <laughs> we won an election. <laughs> the legislature would have to pass this. No, why did you expand the Badger Care? And it's like, like, well, it's because the legislature did it every time, every single time. So as purple as Wisconsin is, as close as our elections are, the legislature does not reflect that. You know, Overwhelming Republican majorities in both houses that they did not earn, and the will of the people is not being respected. You know, our agenda was our agenda, but it is what the people have been asking for. It's what the people, many, I would say, what people have been dying for. And the reality is 90,000, 100,000 or so more people that could have been covered uh, through Badger Care, through expansion of the Affordable Care Act, people's lives are actually in jeopardy. You know, and when it comes to meeting the needs, it does not happen with this legislature. So it is incredibly difficult. It is heartbreaking when you hear the stories of, of people who just go without. Health insurance racked up. Unimaginable debt. You know, people who are still, you know, being incarcerated for simple possession, like all these things that are happening right now, today, because the legislature just says no to everything. They refuse to act in good faith. Before we took office, they went in a special session to take away the authority of the governor and from the attorney general. So Wisconsin could be a much different place, right? That's again why April 4th is so important, because if we flip one seat on the Supreme Court. Fair maps are within the realm of possibility. And... Getting rid of our 1849 criminal abortion ban is well within the realm of possibility. And... Fair maps for everything else we want.
0: (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, Aaron... You know, Mandela just mentioned that law, the 1849 law that you know, makes abortion illegal. Republicans in the legislature just introduced a bill that would create rape and incest exceptions uh, that's already received bipartisan opposition, including a veto threat from Governor Evers. But what does that tell you that they introduced that bill about both the politics of abortion in the state and why the issue is so tied to this race?
1: Well, I think that those exceptions that that, that people in red states who consider themselves compassionate are trying to introduce actually expose the dead end of their viewpoint, right? So is a zygote a full human being with rights that deserve to be more important than the rights of the female body that it inhabits, that it needs to stay alive? Or isn't it? Because if it is, then there should be no exceptions under any circumstances. But if it isn't, then it doesn't really matter how the conception... It it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Here's here's the truth. Here is the truth. The truth of the matter is that more than 50% of Wisconsin voters believe in the right to abortion. They believe that Wisconsin residents have a right to abortion without interference from their government. And the action of the state government and this 1849 ban do not reflect the will of the people or the beliefs of the people. And honestly, it's it's very creepy that so many people who cannot have children, that they grow in their bodies, are trying to make laws governing what those of us who can must do. It is so fucked up. It is. It it doesn't matter. Thank you. The, the fact of the matter is this, this proposed exception that is that is receiving bipartisan opposition is a betrayal of the fact that Republican view, the Republican viewpoint is not truly sincere. It's just oppressive. And I think what's really, really important for the future of Wisconsin is for people who are on the right side of this to remind people that a vote for any Republican, for any office, any office, is a vote to have government interfere with choices that you get to make about your body. That's it. That's it.
0: Obviously, a lot of implications for the state of Wisconsin in this race. This election also has national implications, Ben. Um, You had a fairly terrifying tweet thread about what control of the court could mean for 2024. Can you uh, walk us through that?
3: Sadly, yes. (laughs) Yes. So in Wisconsin, we very painfully remember 2020, when there were the 60-plus Trump cases to try to attack the election results. The one case that got the furthest was the case that reached Wisconsin State Supreme Court, and three of the seven justices voted to take up Trump's case to throw out like a quarter million ballots, which would have overturned the 2020 election. The one who didn't support Trump's case, part of his argument against it was, Trump waited until after the election to object to the votes that were cast. So let's go to 2024. Just to be clear, if Dan Kelly had been on the court in 2020, there would have been four votes to overturn the election, and the election would have been overturned. We beat him that spring, and he didn't get to do that. He wants to get on the court now. Trump endorsed him in 2020. I'm sure he would love Dan Kelly to be on the court in 2024. So let's say we're in 2024. We're getting close to election day. If you look at the Electoral College map, Michigan's looking pretty blue right now. Good work, Michigan. Yeah. Pennsylvania is looking pretty blue right now. Good work, Pennsylvania. That means that the only state that gets Trump to 270 Electoral College votes, or God help us, DeSantis, it's it's Wisconsin. This is the state they have to win. That's why they put their national convention here. That's why they put their first presidential primary debate here. That's why they put their next Republican National Committee meeting here. So the whole country is dependent on what happens here in 2024. It's a few weeks before the election, and suddenly Republicans file a whole bunch of lawsuits objecting to ways they know Democrats are voting. I don't. I don't know which group of Democrats they're targeting. Maybe it's black voters. Maybe it's student voters. Maybe it, you know, they have a list of people that they don't want to vote. Oh, it's black voters. <laughs> it's probably black voters. <laughs> Maybe it's a combo. They could do a combo. They they put these lawsuits in place. The state supreme court, with a four. This is if Dan Kelly, if Dan Kelly wins, with a four three majority, the state supreme court takes up their lawsuits. Election night comes. It's looking close. As happened in 2020, Trump gets an early lead because they haven't counted a lot of the absentee ballots yet. And then suddenly, after some weird-sounding claimed irregularities that Republican activists put in, a 4-3 vote of the state Supreme Court stops the count. And the entire country is in limbo. And record scratch, freeze frame, you think to yourself, in 2023... I had a chance to stop this guy from getting on the Supreme Court and casting that deciding vote. This is our only chance to stop Dan Kelly from getting on the state Supreme Court and throwing twenty twenty
4: four. That is I'm like, scary. I'm like, I'm like,
3: I'm, like, I'm, like,
4: I'm <laughs> gonna run out of the theater.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
4: that's
0: scary. scary. That's scary. Uh, Mandela um, Judge Prodesewitz has so far outspent Dan Kelly's campaign, but Kelly just recently said that the cavalry is on its way. Um, you just ran a Senate race that was decided by about a point where you were considerably outspent uh, towards the end. For people who aren't familiar with the inner workings of a campaign, can you talk tactically about like how and why that becomes so difficult when you're facing a, a, chall- a opponent that's spending
2: so much money? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say that the Calvary has always been there for Dan Kelly. It's how he got through the primary. One donor, in out-of-state donor at that, spent more than every person in Wisconsin in this primary. So in the outside spending. So the outside spending has been there. It's going to continue to be there. And it also gives Republican candidates like Dan Kelly an opportunity to not spend time on the phones and go out there and just talk whatever crap they want to talk uh, all across the state. It frees them up of the responsibility of having to you know fulfill campaign responsibilities. Now, with that being said, I'm really incredibly glad proud of the job that Judge Janet Prochisawis is doing. Uh, outspending, you know, Dan Kelly's campaign proper. It is a great position to be in. Huge shout out to Ben too that's like, you know, helped build just a, a wonderful... <laughs> Just a, a, a really significant, substantial, uh, you know, financial apparatus that we didn't have before. You know, certainly was helpful to me. No, know a lot of y'all got my text messages. Um, <laughs> uh, so just, just, just really thankful for what you've been doing. But it gives us a chance to make sure that our messages communicate it, right? Like, you see the ads on... YouTube, Hulu, uh, broadcast television, cable, you see them everywhere, but the reality is, we cannot afford to continue to be out-communicated on any medium, because when we're thinking about these undecided voters, like, so many people take exactly what they see in those ads, in those commercials, as law, right? The people who aren't in this crowd right now, the people who aren't as plugged in uh, as, 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 as we are, the majority of people aren't, and if we aren't getting our information out about Janet, then it's going to be a world of trouble, so you know, we have to do everything we can to not just match them, but to outgun them. And we're, we're, we're finally getting to a place where it's happening. And if they're saying the cavalry is coming, they mean it. And we need to respond in kind. Yeah. Um, so, Ben,
0: uh, Dan Kelly lost his 2020 race by 10 points. Um, the, in, in the primary, we just had 11, oh, eleven. 11 points. <laughs> All right. right, eleven. Oh, yeah, Garofsky
3: knows what she's talking about. Someone who remembers the number for some reason.
0: (laughs) That's good. Good correction. Um, (laughs) In the primary that we just had a couple weeks ago, uh, I think the combined liberal candidates were 54% and the combined conservative candidates were 46%. So all of this seems like good news, but I've known you long enough to know that um, you are not sleeping at night even knowing all of that. So what is keeping you up at night about this race in the final weeks?
3: So the thing keeping me up at night right now is the year 2019. In 2019, I was running for state party chair that spring. And a lot of folks, probably a lot of folks here volunteered to try to help make sure we could win the Supreme Court race in 2019. I heard that whoop, thank you. Um, In that race, the progressive candidate was up significantly in the internal polling that both sides were seeing. And some conservatives had walked away from the conservative candidate. But in the final week a super PAC funded by Leonard Leo, the guy behind the Federalist Society, who is sitting on about a billion and a half dollars that a conservative donor gave him, that super PAC flooded the state. And what they did was spike Republican turnout. Republican Trump voters who don't normally vote in spring elections surged out. They used a ton of messaging to make them feel like they were being victimized. And we wound up losing that race by 5,981 votes. That's less than one vote per precinct across the state. So as we go into the home stretch, the wind is at our backs. I mean, we are outspending the, the other side. The other side has more independent expenditures, but because uh, Scott Walker actually changed the law, the state party for state candidates, I wish it was true for federal candidates like Senate candidates, the state party is allowed to provide unlimited support to our candidate. The, the candidate is doing an amazing job. Candidates get cheaper TV ads than independent groups. So even when we're being outspent, we are out communicating them right now. But yeah. I mean, it's good. It's really good. It's extraordinary. And everyone who has donated so far, I can't thank you enough. But if they come in with the kind of explosion of, of you know, not just misinformation and attack ads, but, but stuff to goose Republican turnout through the roof, we need to counter it by organizing ourselves even bigger. And that is why no matter how great things look, no matter how much everyone you know says they're voting for Janet, they'd never vote for Dan Kelly, this is the time to volunteer, which, by the way, go to wisdoms.org slash help, and you can help. It's, it's. Thank you. To knock doors, to cancel all your plans, cancel your dentist delay your dentist appointment, <laughs> so you can knock on doors. If you're anywhere in the country, you can get on the phones. There are hundreds of thousands of progressive Democratic voters who've never voted in a spring election, and if you call them, they will vote, and if they vote, we will win this election. This is the time to donate. You can go to wisdems.org, just the whole website, and go to and donate <laughs> at any moment. We're having a Greece cast reunion with a cast of Greece. Uh, nice. Very... Appropriate for some reason. It's very exciting. Um, that's on the 26th. Anyone who donates even a dollar or volunteers between now and the 26th of March can get into that for free. So go to wisdoms.org slash Greece. And I say all this because this is the kind of race where a, a, a podcast audience or one auditorium full of people who make it their job – To spend every second they can finding every voter they can, they can win this election and save democracy in Wisconsin. And if you save democracy in Wisconsin, you save it for the entire country. This is the moment.
0: All right. When we come back, we will have Judge Janet Curtis-Salitz.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Judge Janet Protasiewicz.
6: Thank you so much. Yay! Wow, what a great light.
7: <laughs>
1: right. Ju- Judge Janet Judge Janet, I like that. What's your judicial philosophy and how does it differ from your opponents?
6: Well, first of all, I'd like to say hello to everyone who came out here tonight. I am <laughs> I am absolutely delighted and honored to be here. So, let's talk a little bit about judicial philosophy. What is that? That's treating everybody fairly. That's treating everybody with respect. That's being independent. That's not being an extremist. That's bringing common sense back to our Supreme Court, right? (laughs) My opponent, Dan Kelly, is the opposite of that. (laughs) The 100% opposite. He has predetermined outcomes. That's what he does. He's been bought by the Republican Party of the state of Wisconsin. I tell people, he's not a conservative. He's an extremist. We know exactly what he's going to do. We know exactly what he's going to do on every case. We know exactly what he's going to do on every case that's important to us. He is extremely dangerous. He is dangerous for the people in this state. Okay, so right now, right now, as we've discussed on this stage,
1: legislative districts in the state of Wisconsin are so gerrymandered that it's really hard to get anything done. In a lot of cases, the best hope that Democrats have is to just elect a governor that will veto all of their crazy laws. What would your election to the Supreme Court do to help unjam what's
6: jammed up in Wisconsin state politics? All right, great question. Absolutely great question. You know, we had a forum in Madison in January, and I said those maps are rigged. I stand by that statement that our maps are rigged in this state. They are rigged. <laughs> it means we don't have competitive districts. It means that people aren't adequately represented. It means our representative democracy you know, is really at peril. What I would like to do, and remember, I'm running for a judicial spot. Can't promise anybody anything. I can tell you what my personal value is. My personal value is that our democracy is paramount. It is the most important thing that we have. And the way our maps are configured right now, our democracy is at peril. I would certainly welcome the opportunity to have a fresh look at our maps. That'll do it.
1: So Judge Protosawitz, One issue you've been pretty candid about is your belief that Wisconsinites have the right to abortion without interference from government officials. What kind of a difference could you make on this issue if you were added to the court?
6: So I'll tell you this. I have been very, very forthright that my personal value is that women have a right to choose. Reproductive decisions belong to the person, right? That's what I believe. And I have been very, very forthright about that. I can tell you this. I think everybody in this audience knows we are operating under an 1849 near-total abortion ban. I can tell you that. I can tell you with 100% certainty, 100%, that if my opponent is elected to our Wisconsin Supreme Court, that ban is going to stand. I can promise you that. You know, you can take a look at Wisconsin Right to Life's website, and you'll see a picture of my opponent. And you'll see that they have endorsed him. And you will see that Wisconsin Right to Life states, We endorsed him because he pledged, the word they use, pledged, to uphold our values. So I can tell you what will happen if he is elected to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. I think you all know what my value is people should have a right to choose. That is my value, and I think that that is paramount. And I certainly expect that we'll be looking at that issue in the near future.
1: Judge, in 2010, I had left my home of Wisconsin, but I remember watching this from afar and being like, what is happening in my state? In 2010, then-Governor Scott Walker made moves to dismantle public sector unions. Since then, Wisconsin has done a lot of high profile backsliding. What are some of the most egregious ways that you've seen Republicans in Wisconsin ignore the law or the will of voters? And what are some positive changes that Democrats have been blocked from enacting?
6: Okay, so there are so many answers that I could give you to that question. So many answers. So let's talk a little bit about Act 10. You know, I come from a union family, I was a union member. I was a union member when Act 10 was enacted. So what action did I take? At that point, I was an assistant district attorney in Milwaukee. I signed the governor's recall petition. And I came to this beautiful city, and I marched at the Capitol in protest of Act 10. And this race has received so very much attention, the New York Times asked me about it. And they said, what do you think? Do you think that Act 10 was unconstitutional? And I said, well, I agree with the dissent in that case, where the authors said Act 10 is unconstitutional. So we have so many issues. When I tell people that everything that we care about is on the line with this election, I mean everything. We talked about those gerrymandered maps. We talked about a woman's right to choose. The 2024 presidential election. You know, Ben and Mandela talked to you about that. That is likely to come in front of our Wisconsin Supreme Court chamber. What about marriage equality? What about LGBTQ rights? What about our environment? All of our Wisconsin values. Very, very likely that these issues are going to come in front of our Supreme Court. But then there's something that's really overreaching over all of those, and that is integrity and fairness and getting away from the extremism. I would think we would all want. You are a fun group. (laughs) Nobody else applauds when anybody talks about judicial philosophy, right? (laughs) You are really fun. (laughs) But just our independence, everything, getting away from the extremism. So it's not just those issues that are going to come before the Supreme Court. It's really the integrity of the institution itself that is at peril. Judge,
1: your opponent, Dan Kelly, uh, was first appointed to the state Supreme Court by former Governor Scott Walker back in 2016 But then he lost his bid for re-election to Judge Jill Karofsky, who is here, uh, in an infamous COVID-19 era election. So how can people listening and how can people here ensure that in 2023, Dan Kelly loses again?
6: Well, besides getting out and voting... Kelly's got two L's. would that be for two losses? <laughs> Protosawitz has a W. What does that stand for? <laughs> All right,
1: Judge Janet Protosawitz, I have one final question for you. All right. How far is the Marquette- men's basketball team going to make it
6: all the way.
4: One more time for Judge... Gana. Uh, fuck, fuck. <laughs> One more time for Judge Protosaywitz.
0: I, I got it. And you we're what, back. You know, it takes a pro... It, it
4: takes a protosaywitz.
0: Yeah. Uh, there it is.
4: Although Senator Tammy Baldwin taught us just an easier way to remember, which is just Judge Protosaywitz, which doesn't work, but is good messaging. <laughs> It's been a pleasure to join all of you here in Wisconsin. (laughs) The heart of the country. A heart brimming with dairy. Which is why it's time for a game we're calling Truth or Dairy. Now, I want you to know something. My intention for this game was that Instead of taking shots of, of uh, alcohol, we would take shots of whole milk. Uh, but my, my, uh, my West Coast softies were like, whole milk? They, it was like we were describing Drano to them. <laughs> but luckily for us, uh, Ben Wickler and Mandela Barnes want to show their face in this state for the rest of their lives. So they're going to do milk. And I'll tell you one other thing. When I said, oh, but if I'm hosting, I don't get to have the milk. And then someone on the team was like, you mean have to have the milk. And I meant, no, get to have it. Here we go. Enjoy. <laughs> She's, we're going to deal with her later. <laughs> so it's time for a quiz about dairy. Are you ready?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, And if you get it wrong, you have to take a shot of either dairy or alcohol. All right? You're ready? You have a shot? Ready to go? There's
0: no dairy on this table. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Just this week, Wisconsin Republicans blocked a mandate requiring students to be vaccinated against what potential deadly disease? Is it A, measles, B, meningitis, C, rubella, or D, cordyceps brain infection? Everybody throw out an answer. Meningitis. Meningitis. Meningitis.
1: Meningitis. That's
4: correct. That is correct. (laughs) It wasn't the disease from the last of us. Last month, Green Bay welcomed the United... So nobody drinks. Last month, Green Bay welcomed the United States Championship Cheese Contest. Within five of the correct answer, how many of the 113 cheese-related categories did Wisconsin win this year?
0: How many, how many categories?
4: There's 113 categories. Wisconsin did very well. Just You have to just guess a number and be close. I'm going to go with 100.
3: I think... It, you I, a I'm so one. scared if this is so wrong, but I think it's 23. Is that
1: right?
0: Wow. Uh, but it was a lot. Now I don't, uh, it was, more it than was a lot. I'm going, I'm going with 70.
1: Oh, I'm going to do 72.
0: <laughs> is this Price is Right rules? No. It is
4: not, but everybody is drinking milk because the answer was 54. It was a lot. You guys uh, did great. You did great. You punched close. above your weight, cheese-wise. There we
0: go. Cheers. Is that too much?
1: That is so much alcohol. It was
0: just a shot glass. I don't know.
3: Here, you want to give me Take some? your shot, you weenies. All right. Okay. You know, think about how much, of the world, milk. how much of the world doesn't live in Wisconsin and how much does. And then we get 54. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. That,
4: that's a lot yeah, of cheese categories. Yeah. It's good.
3: It's good cheese work, Wisconsin.
4: And same rules. Now, how many did California take home? Now, we make a lot what of milk in California. We got a some are some good five?
1: creameries out on the West Coast. Not as many as here, but there are some good creameries. Uh?
0: Let's see, California. Uh, 15?
1: Eight.
2: Ten. Zero. got to say one. Five. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say five? Yeah, I'll say five. Uh, how many did you
4: say? 15. I said eight. Uh, John, take a shot. It was nine. Oh. Everyone else was close enough. Oh, you said zero. Take a shot, everyone man. else was close cool.
2: enough. What the hell? I, I remember those BS happy cows come from California commercials. It was terrible. You can't even make cheese.
4: <laughs> they just make sunshine. Yeah. You don't, we don't need cheese anymore. We have Ozempic.
1: <laughs> well, that means, we, get more, that means we can yeah. have more cheese. That's the whole point of Ozempic, right?
4: I don't know how it works. <laughs> Yeah. My doctor won't <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> Last month, the FDA released draft guidance stating that non-dairy beverages can market themselves with the word milk, provided they include information comparing the nutritional value of plant-based milk, a suggestion farmers across the country are taking umbrage with. In fact, earlier this month, Senator Tammy Baldwin submitted the Senate version of what bill? Pushing back on calling plant-based milk, milk. Was it A, the Dairy Pride Act? B, the milk Act? The what? milk in C, the counterfeit act, or D, the mystery act, Dairy
0: act. I'm going to go with A on that one.
1: It's Tammy Baldwin, so I'm guessing counterfeit.
2: (laughs) Dairy pride. Dairy pride. It's
1: dairy pride. Aaron, take a Uh, shot. Take a shot. It's not just a bill
3: here, to be clear. Dairy pride is what this state is yeah, about. Yeah,
2: I'll take the shot, even though I got it right.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: just ends. This just ends with just milk. Just
4: <laughs> stage covered in milk. Debauched dairy experience. This is unrelated to dairy, but it's still a good question. In February, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson called what American institution a Ponzi scheme? Was it A, student loans, B, the Girl Scouts, C, Social Security, or D, Ticketmaster?
2: It, it, it is always Social Security. It's always, yeah, it's gotta be Social Security. It is, it's Social
4: Security.
1: I wish it were the Girl Scouts, though. That'd be <laughs> hum- hilarious.
4: The University of Wisconsin Madison was the first college in the nation to offer a major in what subject? A, dairy, <laughs> B, film, C, women's studies, or D, Russian.
3: Sounds like dairy. Dairy. But maybe it's women's studies. No, it's dairy. It's dairy. (laughs) Oh, no, I have to drink some milk.
4: (laughs) You got to drink some milk. Now, before we go, when we were backstage, Ben said, I want to make sure I plug what we're trying to do to win this race one more time. And I said, fine, but you have as much time as it takes me (laughs) to drink a quart... Of sassy cow chocolate milk. <laughs>
3: hey, Ben. Ben,
0: there's 17 days between now and the election. I would love you to go through day by day what we
3: should do each day. Yeah, you, it's... Let's begin. <laughs> all right. How many people here drove from outside of Madison? Can I hear? Thank you. People from all over Wisconsin came to this show. If you're listening right now, you should cheer if you're not in Wisconsin. Thank I can hear their I can hear their voices in their cars. If everyone here signs up for three door knocking shifts, we're gonna knock 75,000 doors in the next 17 days. We are knocking every weekend. We are knocking through the week. We have early vote in Wisconsin starts on Tuesday, March 21st. In Wisconsin, you can same day register to vote. Which means you can show up even if you're unregistered, cast a ballot, recruit three friends to vote. Everyone here, everyone listening, can make phone calls, knock on doors, and get people to participate in this election. If we do that, we win, we change history. Let's do this. Oh my god. <laughs> Wisstems.org. For those listening at home, there is no more chocolate milk on this stage than is not in John Lovett's body. He drank it all. He drank it all. Thank you to Ben Wickler. Thank you to Mandela
0: Barnes. Thank you, Aaron Ryan. Thanks to Judge Janet for the Go vote for her on April 4th. Thank you, Madison. Good, night, everybody. Oh my God. That's a lot of milk. That's a lot of milk. Pod Save America is a Crooked Media production. The executive producer is Michael Martinez. Our senior producer is Andy Gardner-Bernstein. Our producers are Haley Muse and Olivia Martinez. It's mixed and edited by Andrew Chadwick. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis sound engineered the show. Thanks to Hallie Kiefer, Ari Schwartz, Sandy Gerard, Andy Taft, and Justine Howe for production support. And to our digital team, Elijah Cohn, Phoebe Bradford, Milo Kim, and Amelia Montu. Our episodes are uploaded as videos at youtube.com slash podsaveamerica.